Y'all, welcome back. I'm, I'm super excited right now, and for a lot of reasons. Uh, the first reason uh, I'm stoked to be here is because last few weeks we've done a, a couple of darker, a uh, little deep topics. So this week, we're going to lighten the mood. We're going to talk about abortion. Get it. Totally, God damn totally it. Get it. <laughs> we're going to talk movies this week, y'all. And uh, honestly, I'm really excited because along for the ride, uh, heart and soul of the show, Eric Herring, he's here, our fabulous foreign correspondent, Ashley Adams. And please welcome back, longtime friend of the show. You probably know him from his extremely popular podcast, Waltz to the Death, featuring Dylan Ellis and uh, a cavalcade of characters. Great show. Check it out. They're real people, Joe. They're not characters. Not in my head. Not in my head. Crawdaddy is a character that has been beautifully crafted out of gold, and I love it. Anyway, so uh, so to set the level here on who we all are with regards to movies and such, um, let's just start kind of round round the table here. What are your top five favorite movies? E, we'll start with you just because on my screen you're to the right. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go five to one because when you're doing lists, that's 100% what you should do. And five, I have a little Christmas movie that you and I both love called Die Hard. Mm, every year, I love your texts. Yeah, I do a 12 Days of Die Hard, and I just find random Die Hard clips and send them to people. And it's a wonderful Christmas tradition. <laughs> um, number four, I sort of needed to represent a movie that I watched from childhood all the way till now. And I, like, I watch it with my nieces, and they love it. And I'm going to go with Aladdin, because it is my favorite Disney movie. Mm. Not the Will Smith version. Solid pick. Yeah. And so um, in that vein, to keep it light and fun, uh, my favorite sense of humor is probably Mike Judge. And so that means number three would be Office Space. Nice. Nice. And easily uh, numbers one and two, they kind of vacillate between them. Uh, So your pick, it's either Godfather one and two and The Big Lebowski. I could watch those movies every day and be perfectly happy. Different categories, but I, I like it. That, that's a, that'd be tough to choose between the two. That's fair. It's a good that's list. Fair. Yeah. Really good list. All right, Dill, you're up next, sir. Uh, this is a. I reject the hypothesis of this question. First of all, uh, <laughs> because uh, five movies is way too few, uh, and any given day this could change. Um, so I wrote down like forty, um, and I tried <laughs> to whittle it down, but uh, so I guess like if. And I get asked this all the time because people are like, oh, film dude, what's your favorite movie? And I'm like, um, go fuck yourself. Uh, that's my favorite <laughs> one. Uh, don't ask me that because uh, you don't really want to know. You're just trying to like crap on it probably. But no, um, like the things I go back to all the time um, are like Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, E.T. Also, I don't rank stuff. Raj Ebert never ranks. I call him Raj. We're friends. Uh, <laughs> he never ranked anything. He always said, how can I decide what the difference between six and five is? It's just like these are the movies I liked this year. So I kind of feel the same way. Um, so just kind of, I mean, like E.T., I come back to all the time. Like it never doesn't bang from like minute one to the end. Um, Young Frankenstein is probably my favorite comedy. Um, <laughs> uh, sir, sir, it's Frankenstein. Sorry, sorry Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Good one. Um, you know, uh, The Searchers is like something that my dad and I have like bonded over over the years the john wayne film um that like i came to it was all he always said that was his favorite movie and i was like i don't i've never seen it didn't watch it finally watched it like later in life and then started to like and it's very famously loved by a lot of film, like spielberg and scorsese and a lot of these guys who grew up in the same time like boomer filmmakers also love it and love john ford and i kind of you know it's like it, every time i watch it i kind of see something new and i it, it kind of grows on me and i kind of start to see what my dad liked about it um uh, I don't even know how many I've talked about. I'm just going to keep naming movies. <laughs> um, 
Jaws too. Like, like I'm a Spielberg like fanboy. I mean, it's, it's going to come out like throughout this whole thing, but um, uh, Jaws is like a perfect movie. I also am really interested in this idea of like perfect movies. Like, so not necessarily something that is like your favorite or like, um, cause some, some really great movies have flaws, you know, like some of the stuff you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like great movies, but like Aladdin has things that are like problematic, yeah. um, or don't hold up or whatever. But there's a, f- there's like, I'm really interested in this idea of like, what's a perfect movie. And I think like Jaws is perfect. Yeah. Like I there's nothing in the movie. There's not a bad scene in the movie. There's not a bad performance. Like even the shark, like is never really hokey to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's up there. monologue in any movie ever. The Quint. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. I watched Jack, Jack and I've kind of, he's watched it over the years, but like we've made it like a July 4th thing now, like every July 4th we watch it. Um, oh, and Jack, Jack is his son for the millions of listeners. Let's Jack is the, my, uh, gimp, gimp that I keep in my basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a, uh, my sweet boy. Uh, we, and it's, it's perfect. And then, um, my, and then like, just, I could watch it anytime, have watched it probably the movie. This is, and this is kind of leading to your next question or one of your questions, Joe was what's the movie you watched the most in your life. And it's probably a toss up between Jurassic park, which I've seen conservatively 500 times, uh, <laughs> between me being a kid and loving it. And then over the years, and then my son is obsessed with dinosaurs and has watched it like once a, for, like once a week for a while. Um, and then Terminator two is the other one. Oh, it is yeah. the greatest action movie of all time. And uh, I've seen that. I think I rent, we probably spent $5,000 renting oh. that movie from Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster yanks. So <laughs> <my life>. <laughs> <laughs> they had Shout out to Blockbuster. Book. Yeah, dude. They were I the original now, drug like, dealers. We're saving so much money now. Like you buy a movie on iTunes, it's like five ten dollars Whereas mm-hmm. like as a kid, we would have rented it 30 times before. And for some reason, my parents were like, we're not buying it. It's expensive. And I'm like, we rented it five times. Like We've already... <laughs> One late, late, fee, late you fee might as well have bought it. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Right. And Lord knows there was way more than one late fee. Oh, every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. That's probably a little bit too much Spielberg in that, but I, whatever. I don't care. Nice. Uh, and then you know, I've got a lot of others that we can talk about, but those are kind of the ones that I come back to. And they're they're also you know, I I always feel weird. I don't know about you guys. I feel weird saying anything too recent. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel weird saying like. Like Blade Runner 2049 is like the best movie I've seen in the past 15 years to me. But I feel weird saying it's like one of my favorite movies because it's like four years old. But yeah, I um, wonder if your favorite movies are just kind of tied to nostalgia in some way. Mm. Well, they yeah, help I think you learn how powerful. to process emotions too, right? Like they help you learn the way stories work, the way emotions work, the way human interaction works. And so learn about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's forming as you're younger. So as much as I love Mad Max Fury Road, it doesn't I have that right on here. It's like right on the, the it's on one list. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Simpatico. Right yeah weird um <laughs> but yeah i'll stop there because that's too i'm talking too much and that's that's a lot fair enough ashley also, no big it. real deep cuts there <laughs> like, <laughs> like the 10 Ooh, a couple more. Yeah. yeah what is this terminator you're talking about <laughs> um top five for me i kind of followed the same um vein as e kind of went through like either things that were nostalgic or hit me in certain ways so five um Film school call out is uh, Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows. Um, you know, that's French, French cinema. You know, I've kind of always loved it. We didn't really see it before I went to film school and got turned on to it. And that one is just, if anybody hasn't seen it, I highly recommend. It's black and white and it's subtitled, but it's worth your time. 
Um, four for me, um, this is totally goes into what we were saying about perfect or not. Like this, the content of this movie necess- isn't necessarily something that I would align myself with, but Boogie Nights is probably one of my favorite movies of all uh, time. Yeah, I almost listened. I, I love Boogie Nights. P.T. Anderson as the auteur, his catalog, but Boogie Nights for me, I just think is like such a watchable, fun film over and over and over. Um, three, I have to go for a romantic comedy. And I mentioned this in my podcast episode, my first one, uh, Sabrina, the Sidney Pollock remake. Um, to me, it's a perfect romantic comedy and it's kind of underrated, um, but it's just really sweet and, and well done. Two is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for me. That's totally my dad and I, that's probably like some of my earliest memories of life are watching that uh, with my dad over and over and over. Um, and Lawrence Kasdan, I mean, those scripts are just, I mean, The Lost Ark is kind of considered one of the best scripts of all time. And that's whole series is amazing to me. And then my favorite, probably for nostalgic reasons, um, I re- I'll never forget the first time I saw E2 Mama Tambien. Uh, and I just really, I just remember I was like 17. I was up in my parents' study and it was on like HBO late night or something. And I just kind of remember just feeling like, wow, Alfonso Cuaron, it just blew my mind. I was like, wow, you can make a, a movie like this. And uh, and so it just holds a special spot in my heart for that reason. I love it. That's the, the classiest list uh, <laughs> thus far and also continuing through mine. Um, much like Dylan, I couldn't rank these top five. Um, unlike Dylan, they're pretty much all recent. So, um, yeah, in no Surprising, particular – yeah, Right. Well, all right, I'll give you the one that's oldest, I suppose, is Enter the Dragon or, I mean, pretty much any Bruce Lee film. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get down on that. Like, I was watching it. <laughs> Here's a problem with that, though. I bought it on Amazon. Um, and I'd only ever seen it on TV. So like, you know, whatever I'd seen it I, in my head, I had seen it. So I had Raiden, my son, who's four, sit down and watch it with me. You know, there's a, a ton of terrible stuff in that movie. Did y'all, did y'all remember that? They, like they bring hookers to his room and they just start unbuttoning their shirt. And I was like, all right, kid, we're going to go to bed or something. Let's just get out. So that was not, yeah, I'm a father of the year, but okay. Enter the dragon. Um, I do sales day to day. So on, so Wolf of Wall Street grabs me on a level that like it's you know it's stupid but it's like it, it's it's, no, it's corny an incredible but I, movie. that's an incredible it's so good obviously it's a great movie but you know it, it, because he kind of does what i kind of do and you know whatever but i love it uh the imitation game which i admit it's, it's slightly influenced by my gigantic crush on Kira knightley but that that thing had me from start to finish and at the end like i didn't cry but i damn well could have i was real like it it, it really had me um yeah, dude, I loved it. Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind. That oh, one. damn. That's a yeah, good one. That one I only know about because of Dylan. I probably would have never gone to see it otherwise. And it friggin' it was it, you know, it, it's 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 in my opinion better than an inception on like a, a mental heady because it doesn't you don't have to jump through as many loops. But anyway, Inception is um like a masterful film, but it's full of like so many no movies. one has never been more full of bullshit movie yeah. ever. You don't really want to think about Inception too long. No. Inception's fun until you watch it the second or third time. You're like, wait, but what? I, he's I, like I, working on like such a high level, like in terms of like the sequencing of that movie, but he's also never been more full of shit. Like, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know how it's. Tell us how you really feel. Movie. And the difference uh, is no, right. I like it, but um, yeah. I, I like Nolan a lot, but that one is for me is like, it's. It's very like dorm room philosophy, like yes, three Inception levels deep. Is bro. all like head, and Eternal Sunshine is all heart. 
Yeah, yeah totally. But it's, but it's totally. got some head. And, but anyways, love that movie. And then to round it off, just because I've been watching it a lot lately, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's which a great movie. I admit, also a perfect totally movie. Influenced. Yeah. It's influenced by my kids. But dude, it's so much fun. I mean, the, the, the colors are hyper vivid and they're packed tightly into every frame. And the soundtrack, at least to me, I friggin' love it. So like, it's, oh, it's yeah. great. But more importantly than the soundtrack, I'd argue it's the best pairing of Nicolas Cage and, and Lily Tomlin that has ever been done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hard, that, uh, I guess small sample size, but in yeah. my opinion, it is better than the Ant Bully, starring Paul Giamatti and Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep. Uh, but of course, Nick Cage and Lily Tomlin. Uh, you know who else is in that film that you guys you know can't forget? Nicole Sullivan and her voice work as Ant Number Nine. Solid, solid character work. <laughs> Girl for Matty. Glad you did some research, Joe. Uh, yeah, and here's here's the other thing uh, about all that. That list I just said is complete dog shit. Um, Replace Wolf of Wall Street with Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Replace replace Eternal Sunshine with MacGruber. And replace The Imitation Game with The Ridiculous Six. And that's definitely my top five. Dylan and I saw MacGruber together, and it's one of the better movie-going experiences. MacGruber is had. on my list of like favorite movies. It's I, I, same. I saw so that at South High in the, with with all the cast in in uh, in attendance, and yeah, I love that film. It's so good. It's so dumb, but it works. Like I've seen it. That's not probably, dumb. It's like Ryan no, Phillippe. Oh my god, yeah. dude, he's so good. Oh my god, that's yeah. There's so many. It's it's just it's delightfully absurd. So yeah, MacGruber I mean, and Hot Rod are like litmus tests for me. Ooh. Like if you're a cool person, you like those movies, and if you're like i don't get it i'm like well then you we have no more things to talk about i don't know how we're going to connect then so cool <laughs> like the, I, I know the feeling um okay so i guess we'll wait just so spider-verse not real was that made up no that one's real that okay one, I, I would say. watch that without so wait so spider-verse was real and then what else was real from the original uh spider-verse and end of the dragon everything okay. else re- gotcha. replaced anything i was gonna say imitation game is not a very good movie so oh i loved it surprised i did, did love that movie <laughs> i'm with you dill it's that's fine but like a favorite movie yeah that's yeah oh i loved it but yeah no it's definitely not in up there i tried i tried to pick more serious films to make myself sound so anybody listening point of this is uh these three folks love movies dylan has made a few and ashley and eric are as deep into as anybody i know Ashley actually went to, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you, you've probably made at least a few. So like the, the people that I'm here with tonight know so much more than me. Um, and I guess to get another kind of handle on that, and we'll go reverse order. We'll start with Ashley this time. Rank these, I don't know, moments or experiences in order of your preference. Going to, if you were able to somehow go back in time to go to your open, to the opening night premiere movie screening of whatever your favorite movie is, or go to your favorite team sport, favorite music concert, favorite stand-up comedy, or favorite musical. So musical comedy, music, sports, movie. How would you rank those five? You know, favorites to least favorite. So I think this is probably counterintuitive to what you would think movie lover people's answer would be. But I'm going to put musical production first because like a Broadway musical is one of my most favorite things on the planet. I mean, in another life, I wish it would have been Broadway star just because I think, you know, movies are so amazing and personal and that it can be a really amazing experience, but seeing live entertainment brings something different to the (laughs) cat, brings something different to the um, experience. So I'm going to go musical production. Um, I'll go movie premiere next because I just love seeing movies so much. Then music concert, then stand up, although that's hard because I love me some comedy and love some stand up. And sports event is definitely last on my list. <laughs> you surprised me with musical, but I expected sports to, to yeah. be near the end. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Dylan, same question. Uh, yeah, from going from like least to, to best, um, like musical would be last for me because I I've to, I just haven't had a lot of great like 
I've not been to like one Broadway show and um, I've seen a few like, you know, Austin productions of things and uh, I'm like, miss me on that. It's, I don't, I need to have my mind blown by something probably. And I've heard like, so go, you want to get your mind blown, go to a Broadway show. So I'm, I, I'm uh, admittedly ignorant in that department. Um, I love stand up, um, but it's like, it's very simple and I've never had like potent, powerful, emotional experiences at a stand-up show, <laughs> like True. as fun as they are. Um, and then I love, I love a concert, but there's a certain like drudgery to it, like having to stand and having to wait and like, you know, um, like, you know, I go to ACL every year pretty much, but like it is like, I'm tired, exhausted afterwards, you know, like standing and waiting and fighting crowds and things like that. So that kind of takes it off for me. Uh, I mean, I love, and I love sports. Um, and there's like not much that can beat like going to an incredible sporting event when you're like emotionally invested as much as somebody like myself might be. Uh, and that's super fun. And there's a big communal aspect to that. But, um, I mean like movies are, I mean, like not, it's not God talk or anything, but like movies are my religion. Like that's what I like care about (laughs) more than most things. Uh, and like, it doesn't matter a good or bad movie, like sitting in a movie theater, uh, with the lights go down, like whether it's empty or full or whatever is like my heroin. Like, it's just what I love to do. I'll go by myself. I don't care. Um, it's been really hard to not go the past like five months. It's one of the hardest things about this to me. I mean, it's, there's much more hard things and people are going through much worse things. Um, but to me, like that's been one of the hardest things to not have is like, I can't just go to a movie, you know, and there are no new movies. So, um, that's like also one of the things I'm struggling with is like theaters are reopening, and I keep just reading. It's like the most dangerous thing you can do yeah. or like the most high risk thing, like a gym where everyone's like huffing and mouth breathing on each other or like a room for two and a half hours with recycled air, you know, like oh. I just don't. So I'm really torn. Like I really want to see Tenet. Um, you know, I really want to see any of these new movies that are going to come out, but it's, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to, you know, the joke is like, I'm going to die and be like, I saw Tenet though, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not going to die, but um, yeah. So, and, and, and like, you know, like Joe and I, we've had some incredible experiences in movies. I mean, like, uh, I mean, we watched a bunch of a lot of movies growing up. We went to a lot of midnight movies for things that should not have yeah. had midnight movies growing Truth. up. Um, I mean, Joe, I don't know if you remember, like we saw the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, in San Antonio with your dad. No, it was at the Dolby. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was like six months before it really became a thing. We didn't know anything about it and we thought it was real. Oh yeah. Like 100%. we for sure thought it was real. And, and we, we were like, like eighth grade. We came back to school Monday. We're like, guys, we saw a movie <laughs> guys. where these people got killed. by. <laughs> it was a documentary, like, what guys. It yeah. was real, guys. Because like back before the, you know, genesis of the internet, there was no, nobody knew. And then yeah, like yeah. months later it came out and they were on the Tonight Show. And I was like, well, I feel like a cuckold. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, like, that's incredible. Um, You know, I've been to a lot of opening like nights of, of big like hype movies that have been incredible. Um, you know, like you think of like a star Wars or something like that. Um, and it's like, uh, it's hard to beat, man. It's hard to beat a reaction, like a crowd reaction like that. Um, when everyone's like kind of dialed in watching and I have a sound clip, I can try it if you want Joe. And if it doesn't work, you can cut it out. But, um, so this is like, this is like an audience reaction of the opening night of Avengers Endgame at the very end sequence spoilers, (laughs) but, uh, everybody comes back, but, um, this is like an audience reaction for like a big hype. And you're not going to, it's going to be terrible radio, but we're just going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, it's fine. Imagine people losing their minds physically while also hearing this. Hear, hearing this. I'm, I'm going to say you don't hear anything is what I'm getting from you. 
That would be correct. No? Not a All right. Let's just. All right, well, Sorry. Cutting out. I hear it, but I don't know why. I don't know why I hear it. But... Well, just, hey, if you could just reenact it, just go ahead and scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. That's, uh, that's, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to derail everything. <laughs> and, uh, and Eric, if you were to rank those in order of preference, what you got? Yeah, I'll go pretty quick. Um, it's probably musical production last, like Dylan. I haven't had a lot of experience with that. I saw Lion King in Vegas once and enjoyed it, but like that's pretty much all I got as far as Broadway shows go. Um, so yeah, that then next last would be music concert. It's the whole standing around, sweaty people. Just it's a hassle. I enjoy music, but I enjoy listening in my house as much as I enjoy seeing it live. Um, after that would probably be the stand-up comedy show. I've had great times at stand-up comedy shows. I don't think I've ever laughed harder than when I saw Pete Holmes once. Hmm. Like he killed it. So probably that one. Then it's probably the movie opening night. It's just such a great time. But I'm a sports guy, so sports is number one for me. Nice. Nice. I mean, I could I, I kind of guess sports was gonna top your list, but I, I didn't know about music. That makes I mean makes sense. Uh music is definitely my number one. And movie is definitely my number five. I, I just, it, it, it has no air of improv. There's nothing that's going to happen at a movie that wasn't absolutely certain it was going to happen. That's why I mean, concerts definitely number one for me. Cause I like jam bands. Doesn't matter. Sports right under that stand up right under that. All three have elements of surprise and even a musical on some level. So, you know, one through four concert, definitely top sports stand up. musical is still well above movie and you know, then, then movie. So with that said, cause clearly I'm just not the movie guy. What movie have y'all watched the most? And I know it's kind of a tough question because you're trying to remember what you maybe saw when you're like nine and 10, but if you were to ballpark it, what movie did you see most and conservatively, how many times did you see it? We'll start with Dylan. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I already kind of said, but I've probably watched Jurassic Park. Like, uh, realistically, probably a hundred times. Like, I've probably seen it start to finish like a hundred times. That's insane. Uh, like, I could, yeah. It, it, like, I guess the way I think about it is like, if you have, if you quiz me, like, you have to write down a movie from start to finish, like every line. I, like, I'm like, hmm, I could probably do that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Or like Three Amigos or something that's really stupid that, Right. I watched as a kid, you know, that yeah. I can quote, but that I read like, something yeah, recently. I read something recently that I thought was interesting that said, um, especially like during this COVID quarantine time that people are rewatching movies more. Um, I guess they get that data from streaming or whatever, um, because there's like a, a sense of comfort in seeing something that, you know, well, and so it's very like soothing to watch something where you already know how it's going to end. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. No, that makes sense. It's like comfort food, but with a movie. Yeah, totally. I have this problem where I always will re- would watch something I've already seen before. Um, for that kind of reason, like I love what I watch new movies all the time, but I just like if <laughs> it's like that meme where there's a guy driving down the highway and he like veers off quickly to like you know exit off yeah. the highway, and it's like. Watch a new movie, you're like, oh no, I'm gonna watch something I've seen a hundred times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, That's 100% I have that, me too. <laughs> I have that problem. Um, like E and I listen to the Rewatchables, which is a Bill Simmons podcast, which is the the whole basis of that is like things you watch over and over and over again. Oh, I gotta um, check that out. It's really yeah, good. it's good. The, I don't, I don't. The, the movies are hit or miss that they pick, but most That's of the time true. it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty good. Well, and they um, stole from your podcast just to just to put that out there. They did do Teen Wolf after we did it, and uh, I didn't think it was as good. It's not near as good. 
I bet one thing he didn't say. Moving on, Ashley, <laughs> what would you say the one movie or two, whatever, that you've watched however many times? I I same. I movies that I love, like I have a, a running list that I keep on my phone of my favorite movies of all time. There's probably like 45 on there. And I've probably wow. seen each of them. Like every movie on there, I've definitely seen a bare minimum of 10 times. And most of them ha- is probably between the fi- like 50 range. Like I think one time, the last time I, I think I've watched The Dark Knight like 27 times. Um, Sabrina, like I mentioned, I've probably watched Sabrina like conservatively 100 plus for sure. Um, but wow. yeah, in general, in general, I tend to do that too. And I think it's um, by virtue of I've always kept like an HBO and Showtime subscription. And whenever they, whenever a movie's on, I just, those are the channels that I have running in the background all day, every day. And if there's a movie that I like and it's on, I'll just go through the whole thing again. I'm the exact same way. I still flip channels and have all the premiums. I'm like, oh, look, I'm going to rewatch Raiders for the 9,000th time. Yep. Wow. So, E, would that be your most watched movie, one of the one of the Indiana Jones? Uh, probably not. It's probably – if I go back to when I was a kid, it definitely is Aladdin. I used to watch Aladdin almost every day. Um, and if I go by the metric of what Dylan said about, like, could I write out this movie start to finish? Like, Lebowski, Die Hard. And then there was this really dumb movie that's incredible that I watched as a kid called Surf Ninjas. Oh, which baby. I did 1000 percent right That up. is in Joe's Q zone. Oh, exactly. now, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That, now you got my attention. I didn't yeah. know anything what you like. I <laughs> love Surf Ninjas. So wow, it is so good. And Shang Tsung uh, later in Mortal Kombat has a cameo in that one. Anyways, um, that's that's gen- like seriously, just to the three of y'all and anybody listening, but three, like that's amazing to me. I don't think I've seen a single movie more than five times ever in my life. Like that's it. I literally had a hard time picking my top five because it's just, it's so not like, I, I'm just not there, which don't get me wrong. I'm not better or different at that point, but just like, that's, it's staggering that I can hear that. Like I couldn't write a single movie at all. Even the first 20 minutes of one, like it, I could not just by memory, there's no way I could do that. So, so I, that kind of leaves me to what I'm trying to ask is like, why do each one of you personally, why do you watch movies like is it you know is it escapism is it just laughter is it like actually like you said is it mindless kind of background noise what is it that, that you're hoping for what why is it that you watch you know movies well i pulled a, a quote um the filmmaker ingmar bergman uh said people are probably familiar with it he said film is a dream film is music no art passes our conscious in the way that film does and goes directly to our feelings deep down into the dark rooms of our souls it's very poetic yeah um but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, I think there, you know, the dreamlike um, aspect of it, losing yourself in a character. So that, that escapism aspect for me, I've always loved. I'm not a huge person into fantasy, though. I've never gotten into like fantasy films, like even like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings doesn't do it for me. Um, so I probably do like things that are a little bit more based in like the human experience and somewhat of reality, like the hours is one of my favorite films of all time with Meryl Streep and Julianne Moore and um, Nicole Kidman. Um, and you know, so, the Meryl Streep movie's good. The Ant Bully. Solid <laughs> film. Bring it back. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm sure the guys will will reiterate. I just, you know, it, it it does. I think there's something so amazing about um, like scores are huge for me in film like if if a movie is accompanied by a really moving piece of music it'll just you know it, it moves you to laugh or cry and that's a pretty extraordinary experience yeah cameron crow movies do that to me like his music and visuals are 
beautiful together and they kill mm-hmm. <laughs> almost famous yeah never seen yeah, it yeah i <laughs> 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 it's so good <laughs> I, I don't even know what it's about all right go ahead don't Oh, I would say I don't have like a there. They, it's the I think the versatility of what a movie can do for me. I mean, there's like I mean the things I've talked about are all very big like four quadrant films that like are blockbustery and and uh, easy to digest. But I you know I like all. I mean, I like sometimes I want to be challenged by a movie. Sometimes I want to like really you know something like like First Reformed, which I don't know if you I'm Joe. I know you oh. didn't see, but. First you know, just like rules, like an incredible movie, but like I watched it like, like, I don't know if everything I believe is right anymore. <laughs> you know, like I like, I like, I like that. I love things about, you know, uh, like Ashley was saying, like things that are just men and women talking, you know, things about father, sons and children and families and things like that. Um, it just, there's, there's no, there's nothing it can't do, you know, in terms of breaking down the human experience or just like exhilarating you. Like I think again, of like an experience I had in theater seeing the dark night, the opening night, was another like holy shit um moment like just i've never seen a crowd more like dialed into a movie and never seen a movie just like blow people the fuck away as hard as that one did um totally you know and then like yeah i think of like mcgruber like me and eric being the only people laughing in mcgruber (laughs) (laughs) oh man it was so good (laughs) Uh, so So there's not one reason you know and and i I mean for me like story stories are everything like we we people gravitate towards stories always you know um you know jesus taught parables jesus taught lessons and and stories you know things are always it's always easier to say you know like instead of just like here's the thing you need to do like stories just we we gravitate toward there's something in our like bones that responds to like a story um whether it's a movie or like you know anything a novel or you know joe i think you like we always prided ourselves as like in high school like being able to tell a story well right like Mm -hmm. talk like you know we would laugh at each other about like ruining it at the end like oh cool story bro like yeah and then you found five dollars yeah or like vance for like fame being famous for rambling and never getting to the end of the like what was the and being like i'm not sure what i was why i started that story but that's every um, punctuation <laughs> mark to advanced story is wait how did i get here against we don't know either bro yeah and and so and so for me it just comes down to the story and as like and and then again when the, the two times i've made movies um you know, that's what it came down for me too. was like, what's the story? Like, what are these people going through? Um, that's what matters most. Like the story has to be dialed in, especially when you're making a little tiny movie and you're not going to like blow anybody away by flipping a semi truck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to circle back to the, the stories concept because as we as a species loves, I mean, we have since literally forever, but at least just for me, I mean, I, I just, I guess I just don't choose to like, if I have a block of like two hours, I don't choose to sit down and watch a movie. And and again, I'm not special or superior. There's nothing different. Like I don't, I don't not watch a movie because I'm going to volunteer at a homeless shelter. Like I'm, I'm not doing anything important with my time. Instead, I'll just like, I'll sit and listen to like a three hour fish show and get wrapped up and my focus on that. And in fact, actually kind of the same way in the same way that you said that, that a musical score adds so much to a, to a movie. It, for me, I, I guess I flip it. I, I like the focal point to be mostly with my ears, but if I'm watching a concert, which I do, you know, they actually have a Tuesday live stream. That doesn't matter. Their lighting rig is like a $3 million lighting rig. And when they sync it up or whatever, it's, it's an awesome second lever. So in the same way that you were describing how the a musical score helps a movie to you, for me, the light show helps music to me, but same idea. Point of that rant is when I do want to watch a movie, I, I usually just kind of want to like an escape. Like, you know, like you said, I think you're saying a dream scape. I, I want like, 
I want a Michael Bay action explosion. You know, like like Ricky Gervais said uh, when he was doing the the Oscar speech. I think this last time when he said basically Hollywood is all about capes and masks and tight suits. Actors and actresses are qualified by going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids. He said it's not quote real cinema, and it reminds him of theme parks, which. That's what I want from a movie. I want Six Flags, the film. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I'm not the only one. I, I, clearly, there's a lot of us because people. I mean, we we keep making and going to see Godzilla movies, which brings me to Dylan's favorite part of the show: our weekly quiz. This <laughs> this week we have the somewhat personal and crucial exam, justifying all movies. Yeah, Dylan's, what, what? Dylan's favorite, Space Jam. Now, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what is, what's happening? <laughs> I thought he was good. I was hoping. Anyway, my bad. I wasn't listening. Uh, no, I didn't match. That was like You're a lot talking. of words. Yeah. How many Godzilla films have been made? Throw out the answer if anybody thinks they're close. Like Japanese and everything? All. All together? 42. Yeah, I was going to say like 35. I'll go 23. 35. <laughs> he has nailed you almost all. every one of these. He's Every like, quiz has ever been taken. He's shooting like eight for ten. <laughs> third. Okay, Are you looking wow. this stuff up? Are you giving us Seriously, an I had more? No, no, I had no. God. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I would have anyway. gotten Space Jam if I had known this was coming. You should just run that continuously. Like, always give E the answers. Before. Yeah, just text <laughs> E right before. Oh, what a <laughs> oh my God. Again. He would 100% lie to me. Yeah, i guarantee. <laughs> uh, okay. This, what is, obviously, besides Godzilla, what's the second most, the next highest number of, you know, sequels around one film or one character, etc. James Bond. James yeah, Bond. Yeah. Do you know how many there are? 20 Oh wait, 27? I do. No, 25. This is but well Bond this is Bond 25 yeah, coming 25, out. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Touche, yeah, sir. No, that I'm yeah, honestly, I'm impressed you guys yeah, I wouldn't get that it. Okay. you in advance used to punch oh, me. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> when I fair. couldn't think of Something from a James Bond movie. You know my favorite like, part of that game. Blind spot. I don't watch James Bond movies. No, dude, okay, you know my favorite part of that game, and it, it speaks a lot about who I at least I'm gonna say was, hoping I'm a better person now. But I didn't know Jack shit about James Bond, but I would just always turn it on you so the focus wouldn't be on me. So like that <laughs> that says a lot about who I am. Yeah, that checks out though. Yeah, no, like classic <laughs> pivot. Just pivot yep, no, sure, I don't know, but that guy, he doesn't know either. So like, let's get him. So yeah, I'm an asshole. Moving on. Biggest budgets. Uh, I've got I've got the top four written down. Technically, top five, whatever. Can you name any of them? Uh, there's a Pirates of the Caribbean on there for sure. There is. Av wasn't Avatar like? Oh yeah, Avatar's like got to be. Uh, it, it's technically it's close. Technically not top five, but I think it's like top seven. So yeah, whatever. Definitely What's like Inception? an Endgame or Infinity War for sure. sure yeah. Uh, no, although it was yeah. very very goddamn close. I mean, I, I know Lord of the Rings was really expensive, but if you count all three as one, it's the biggest budget and highest grossing of all time. But you got to yeah. count all three as one. I want to say Spectre is on there. It's like two hundred and fifty million, right? Something. Uh, like yes, but the lowest I have on my list. We, yes, but Spectre was there. But Spider Man Three in two thousand and seven had a three hundred four million dollar budget. Dang. Titanic three hundred five, Pirates of the Caribbean, World's End three fifty four, Pirates of the Caribbean, Stranger Tides four hundred twelve, Cleopatra. Back in the early '60s, had a budget of 31 million, that's, which according yeah, that's to that's in Siak. If you like adjust it, it's like well over 600 million. It's it's absurd, okay. absolutely absurd. Uh, all right, and then last question: highest grossing films, not using adjusted numbers because I met just just top three highest grossing films as of right now. 
It was uh, an end, end game. End game. Yeah. Beat Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Titanic. Right. Uh, Avatar's number three. Avengers Endgame is number two, and Star Wars: Force Awakens has nine hundred and thirty-seven oh. million. It made almost a billion dollars. That's America, though, right? That's uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, just yeah. America. But that's okay. that. They almost made a billion dollars with a movie. Like that's insane. Now, every Gondor, Marvel movie makes a billion dollars, like it's, worldwide. It's worldwide, like, mm-hmm. yeah. They put. Doesn't matter if it comes out. It makes a billion dollars. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's why in, in my opinion all like a lot of the more recent Michael Bay films or at least I mean I, I don't even know if he did all of the Transformers but a lot of the Transformers there was like basically no dialogue because you could throw that into any mm. country anywhere and it was just easy and you can watch it without you know what I mean like they make it more like like you know old school no sound pictures it's just action mm-hmm. yeah I'm torn because I watch all those movies and pay to see those movies but like there's a real there's definitely an issue with like. Uh, middle the middle just like the middle class is disappearing america's number one conservative podcast right um, here right here uh, right. like the middle the middle class of movies is like gone like they don't make movies like that anymore they're like mid-budget you know you think of things like the firm like all these yeah. grisha movies in the Pelican 90s brief, all those yeah um or like a jack ryan movie or like or even just like you know mid-level comedies and then like they don't yeah, like Everything. long shot the other well, like a few years ago, right? A couple yeah. years ago it was like right in that wheelhouse and it didn't make any money. Yeah, I mean And it's so such a good I, movie. I like that movie too. Yeah. Everything has to be either like a giant temple or like really cheap, like a horror movie that That's they can such make a really good point. cheap money on. Mm-hmm. Um which is like I'm, I'm torn about it I'm torn about it because I like those big movies and I watch them and I pay to see them, but um I want to see and a lot of it's I guess going to streaming, like a lot of these middle of the mm-hmm. road movies go to streaming now, but yeah. You know, as like I've said, I love watching things in a theater and I would have loved to see like Palm Springs, which exactly. is a great That's what I was thinking. Yep. You know, movie that just came my, out. Um, my friend did the costume design on that movie. I love that movie. It was they did a great was, job because it looked so great. Good. Yeah. No, that's um, crazy. Well, Patton Oswald was talking about that. I mean, it's been a few years, but he was t- getting some award and he gave like a quick little speech. But basically he said that the smartphones now, like the, the technology that's in your phone was better than what Alfred Hitchcock had to, you know, to make the movie, the birds like, yeah, yes. For an Avengers or Lord of the Rings, you need high budget flipping cars and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's kind of what it is now. It's all indie films, like dudes with very low budget, or it's, you know, obviously DC or Marvel, which they got so much money or whatever. So that leads me to this question, Dylan, what was the budget of your most recent movie? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, that's a tricky question. Uh, I think at the end of the day, all in, it was around, $300,000, not much like at all for a movie. Hmm. That's still, I mean, at least for, for obviously a novice, like that seems like a lot of money. Like how it's long, a lot of money, but yeah, shit. Like, but okay. But how long then did it like from, from day one of filming, like the very first shot that you filmed till the day that it was ready to be released and fully done. How long did that take? <laughs> Again, this is, uh, it was probably about a year. Um, but it should not have taken that long, but that was just like, we, it took a long time. Um, part of it was just the circumstances of how we did it, but, um, it like our post-production took a long time. Cause we just kept like, we cut the whole thing together and then it was like, cool, we need like sound. And we just had it way up. Like we had a hard time finding our, or getting our like post-production people. Like t- it could have taken much less time. So it's but not how like, how many days did you actually spend like filming mm. shooting? Like eight, yeah, shooting. very I small. Think, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. It was really hard. That's the hardest thing about making, you know, there's like the triangle of like good, quick or cheap. Like you can have two, you can't have all three. Mm-hmm. Is so this round of your life? Is that what we're talking about? Oh yeah. Shout out. My yeah. Good plug. yeah. And I've um, seen it on so, Showtime. It, sh- it, it shows up. It pops up. What? It does. Really, yeah. It's on I Showtime. I really enjoyed it. Pop that on Amazon, everybody. 
Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza for sure. Give my man some clicks. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, no. we, we shot for 18, 18 days, um, about a 90 or about a hundred page script. Um, and we were, we were churning through some pages. So like a typical big giant, like a Christopher Nolan movie or something like that, they'll shoot like two pages a day of, of script, you know? And I think the bit most we ever did in like a hospital scene where we could just run through like dialogue was like 12 pages. We did like 12 pages one day. <laughs> it sucked. It's not fun. It's not like exhilarating. It's like the most stressful thing there I've ever done. But 12 pages in what, roughly 12 hours. Like, is that really, is that kind of the one-to-one? Yeah, That's roughly. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, the, the hard thing about the golf movie was all that golf stuff. Like it's the, your son, you're chasing the sun. So like oh, yeah. you're just trying to shoot as soon as the sun comes up and you're just like watching it go down all day. Like fuck you, son. Um, that's your that's your clock. That's your sand <laughs> yeah. through the hourglass. And David Fincher famously said, "Direct everyone thinks directing is like doing what like setting up the shot and being really creative and this." He's like, "Directing is when you have five shots and the sun's going down and you have time to get two. That's really that's what it is." Um, Fincher also does like a thousand takes. Yeah, he's also like <laughs> now gotten to the point where he can do whatever he wants. And I remember yeah. when we were making Royal it was like what we called it because we don't want to say round of your life every time, but. Um, me and my DP were like looking, we were like reading some article and it was like Roger Deakins making Sicario and they like about this one shot that they got where like the, the, the like silhouetted against the sun going down. Like, yeah, we just, we wanted this shot and we set up the camera and had to just wait for like the lighting to be perfect. And I was like, wow, F you dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if Joe doesn't know, Roger Deakins is probably the best cinematographer who's ever lived. He's incredible. I thought he was a guy that was in your movie as well. <laughs> I knew it. That'd have been cool, man. Can I be nostalgic for a second? I, um, Dylan and I have known each other since third grade. Is that right? True. I'm, yep. Yeah. And um, I just in in preparing for this podcast, we said, you know, we it just brought back a lot of memories, and I do have memories of Dylan and I like talking about movies, reenacting movies on the playground. And it just, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, you know, I, I, I spent a little bit of time in the, in the film industry myself. Like we both went to film school at UT and it's just amazing to see. So, uh, yeah, really, really amazing that all your dreams kind of came to fruition. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember what movies you guys would reenact? I specifically remember Scream had come out and that was like the big, like, yeah. Ooh, like whose parents were going to allow them to see it. And then we tried <laughs> yeah. to like recreate some kind of horror film. I mean, like I, I we were just like reenacting this stuff. I, I was like, always I, way was, too, way too ambitious to like, I was like in sixth grade, like we're going to film a movie and everyone's like, okay. And then I'm like, here's how you do it. And like, nah, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, I, feel like, I was like, oh yes, let's do this. This is in high school too. Like anytime they were like, you can make a video. I was like, yes. Well, we did. And I was thinking about that. Like Ginger Hanchi made us do some video projects, I think, for some stuff. Like I remember like Joe and like you, like we all got together and did some scenes and we had to like we had to do like a tragedy. And Dylan, I think you and I did one for like 11th grade English or something. It was like really dark, very dark and heavy. And like I remember we played it and it was dead quiet. And then <laughs> she was like, OK, like who wants to go next? And I was like, nope, I don't want to go next. <laughs> Not because uh, it was really good, just because it was like, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we took it too far. Oh, here's a fun experiment, guys and gal. Uh, if you had to pick one actor and then also pick one actress, which, by the way, just left turn. D- Dylan, are we still doing that? Are we still calling people actors and actresses? Or have we lumped it now to actor and drop the sex part? I mean, I'd, 
I yeah, I don't. You're asking the wrong person, man. I'm not like. I think in general, right now of, we just use actor in general. Are, are we doing that? Ashley, is that is that kind of you know, <laughs> whatever? Like direct we, us to the one female. Yeah, on the only yeah. female we've ever had. Uh, is that a thing? Like now, I have had actress titles. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think in general it's uh, more proper to go actor because it's just the easy thing to recall it to is you don't have a doctor and a doctress or a lawyer or a lawyeress or whatever. Um, it's a profession and it's uh, yeah, I think it should be genderless, I guess. I like it. All right. Well then uh, pick two actors, one from either side of the gender line that you want. Uh, if, and they are the only actor or that you can only watch movies featuring or starring these people, who would your two people be? And we'll start with, I don't know. I think we started with everybody. So E let's go with you. So, I asked a lot of people this question, by the way, and everybody was like, oh, I don't know. Let me get back to you. <laughs> so I thought about this a lot, and I think I've come to the conclusion Harrison Ford is kind of a cheat code in this. Oh, um, yeah, there's there's a few cheat code people for sure. Yeah, like oh, that's get, a good one. You get all Star Wars. You get all Indiana Jones. You get all the Jack Ryan movies. You get podcast favorite Sabrina. You know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you get so many shout outs. You get Blade Runner, <laughs> you get Blade Runner, yes. you get the fugitive, you get all of that. So, I oh, mean, the fugitive man, the fugitive, uh, yeah. Uh, Witness is a great movie. Witness. Um, oh. He's in the conversation, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of unfair. So, I'm gonna go and do that. That's solid because um, I don't have a lot of that's, pride. That's, solid. <laughs> that's a great pick, though. He's no, that's classic. solid. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, and, and you want to go on the other side? Yeah, sure. So this one's a little more difficult um, just because we don't do a great job with roles with women in Hollywood. It's just not, not overly well done. So for this one, I sort of thought of somebody who's been working a long time and who is in movies that I want to rewatch over and over again, which led me to the great Julianne Moore. Oh, so that's a great pick. I get that to watch Boogie Nights. Is it? Was it really? Yeah, no, same you do. Now I'll go to my other one. Me and E are like yeah. so aligned. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, you get we get Boogie Nights. I get the Fugitive again if I want it. Um, <laughs> but she's in Lebowski and she's in um, yeah, there was something else that she's in Magnolia, which is really great. God, she's so good in Magnolia. She's yeah. a shapeshifter. She's in the hours. Um, she's in the hours. In, the kids are all right. Kids are right. Um, Children of Men, which is one of my Children favorite of movies Men. of the last like twenty years. So and she, what's the um what's the one directed by oh gosh I'm not gonna be able to remember um a single man yeah a single Tom man Ford directed I mean, like yeah, yeah. So the kids are right she's in I'm not there the weird like Bob Dylan yes. movie I actually really like as well like Crazy Stupid Love is a perfectly watchable like light movie totally in the Lost time. World Jurassic Park exactly yeah so, <laughs> there you go. and she's got stupid movies like Nonstop with Liam Neeson. You know, yeah. you get everything. You get everything. That's a great pick. She That's works a, pick. a lot. Like, yeah. she, how many credits does she have? It looks like 100. And if y'all didn't see Gloria Bell from, like, last year, that movie is really enjoyable as well. It's amazing. Yep. Hmm. All right. Ashley, we'll go to you. Um, okay. Well, that takes the pressure off me, like, justifying my Julianne Moore pick. That was <laughs> going to be it. Yeah. And then um, I think what's really obvious is Meryl Streep then. Um Julianne Moore is like my personal favorite, but Meryl Streep is such a shape shifter. I mean, she, I think in the term, in terms of the acting world, like everybody agrees, like you see her on screen and whether she's Julia Child or Margaret Thatcher or a middle-aged divorcee or literally anything, she's not Meryl Streep. She is that character. 
And that's so hard to do, especially for somebody who's so, you know, recognizable and respected um, to kind of get out of their body and actually really encapsulate a role. So, I mean, she's you know the queen of that. My third pick, I'm just going to throw it out there, was Kate Blanchett, because I think she's yeah, kind of in that really vein as well. For male side, um, I'm going to go with Philip Seymour Hoffman. The late he was my great. number two. <laughs> Get the fuck! You're not. You're kidding. No, I am not kidding. He was absolutely my number two pick. In terms of somebody's like acting abilities and like you know somebody who acted and you know took some acting classes and everything, just seeing him on screen is just kind of a, a mind blowing experience. I feel like so. Yeah. Philip Seymour. And you get so much variety with him too. like And so much variety as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cheat code too. John C. Riley is also a cheat code. Exactly. Because yeah. he's just in so, in so many movies. In so many things. Everybody's in Boogie Nights. That's what we learn. If you're yeah. in Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. And Mark Wahlberg. He's also. I mean, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jill. Uh, finish um, so the, the, the male actor, um, I honestly like it was very easy, but I tried to like talk myself out of it or think of other people. Um, but if I can only watch like one movies that one actor has been in, it's Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. his, his, he's got like incredible taste. He really um, does. He's been, he, like, the joke about him has always been, he's a character actor in a leading man's body. Like he wants to be like the weird character actor, but he's like so fucking handsome that he's like, he's Achilles, you know? Um, but so you get True Ram, True Romance, Thelma and Louise, Twelve Monkeys, Seven, Fight Club, The Ocean's Movies, Assassination of Jesse James, Glorious Bastards, Moneyball, The Big Short, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ad Astra. You know, the two of those just came out two years ago or last year. Totally. Um, and then this is not maybe technically part of the rules, but if you count the things he's produced as well, his with his production company, oh, yeah. you get The Departed, uh, Kick-Ass, Selma, Moonlight, Lost City of Z, and If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, so, like, if you count as producing movies, you get even more uh, variety. That's kind of a cheat code, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. I think he's been a great actor for a long time and just uh, is too good-looking for his own good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I still, he's like, he he yeah. 60, and he's still, like, incredibly handsome. No, that moment in Once Upon a Time when he's on the roof and he takes off his shirt, I don't know if y'all's theaters did this, but there's a little audible gasp in my theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was one of those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It makes perfect sense. <gasps> fucking beautiful it's it's also hilarious that it's just like dead is a dead quiet moment in the movie he gets up on the roof and peels his shirt off and it's just like cool all right tarantino knows what he's doing thank you tarantino thank you exactly yeah that and ad astra just came out last year and i i loved ad astra i thought it was great um space pirates uh space uh apocalypse now in space i'm here for it um uh the the uh uh, female actress was a little tough like because like he said like we know hollywood is just notorious for kind of um, like fridging women when they get over a certain age, you know, it sucks. But, um, so I had a little bit of a harder time just cause there's a lot of actresses I love. Like we talked about on the text or I love Rachel McAdams. Like whenever she shows up and stuff, I think she's incredible, but she, she picks is. things that are not exactly like in my wheelhouse all the time. Um, Scarlett Johansson is a cheat code cause she's in like 40 Marvel movies, but then you also get all the indie stuff she's done. And I think she has pretty good taste most of the time too. Um, you know, there's some up and comers that I love, but they just haven't made that many movies. Like Rebecca Ferguson is incredible. Yeah. Um, I like her a lot. I like Ana de Armas a lot too. She was in Blade Runner 2049 and Knives Out and she's about to be the Bond next Bond girl. And she's yeah. about to be like the most famous actress in the and world. And maybe like, Mrs. Affleck. I was gonna say also, she Affleck. dates Ben Affleck and you guys know how much I love Ben Affleck as a broad shouldered functioning alcoholic. I love <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben Affleck. Um, but, uh, 
and those were great picks. Uh, Julianne Moore is an incredible pick. I didn't think about her for some reason, but she's been in so many great movies um, and has incredible taste too. But I don't know why. I just kept coming back to Amy Adams. Um, oh yeah, she's she that's great. She's incredible movies. Of, yeah. She's in a ton of stuff. She makes. She's been in some. You know, like you get Talladega Nights. Uh, you know, but you also get like Arrival and like Junebug, which is great. Um, and Sunshine Cleanings, a yeah, that I like Catch Me If You Can. And then if you want to watch yes. Batman or Superman, you can. I don't know why you would, but well, um, since we're throwing out a couple more, I would say also Kate Winslet and Penelope. Yeah, Cruz. that's a good pick. I thought about Charlize. I thought Charlie's too. Yeah. 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 Especially I if I get too. the Arrested Development episodes, like that's a cheat code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is awesome. Joe, I just, I have to hear your answers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I literally didn't have answers while y'all were going. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I Googled famous actresses and I'm looking at uh, a list of them and I'm going to go with Angelina Jolie because I couldn't name you a single. Okay, no, no, no. Lawrence was yeah, yeah. Name, name Lawrence one Angelina Jolie movie, Joe. Uh, that one where her and Brad Pitt were like married but fighting each other. That I'm was 100% sure we saw this movie together. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, <laughs> Why did y'all uh, see that movie together? She was in uh, a good question. <laughs> Uh, really she was in Tomb Raider. That was a, there. That was you go. Movie. You got it. Tomb Raider. There you go. There you go. And hey, then uh, for the dudes, uh, I I googled, uh, and this is sad, but it's true. I googled who was in the Matrix, and Keanu Reeves is who I'm going to go with, even though I couldn't think of his name. Keanu's filmography is pretty dope, actually. I love me some Keanu, actually. I do. Keanu's the man. But okay, so and genuinely, I, I that's all true. Everything I just said. But I think at the core of this, uh, and to circle back, Dylan, to kind of your point earlier, is that people love stories. I mean, it's just a, it's just a simple thing. Like every kid wants a bedtime story. Old women love their soap operas, aka their stories. Like plenty of men watch wrestling, knowing it's fake. But they enjoy the plot lines because the story is being told with, although practically naked dudes as the actors, they're being told in a way that appeals to them. So everybody likes a story. I like literally, I've never met a single person that ever said they dislike stories. You know what I mean? Like, so, so why is that? Why do we? Why do we enjoy taking a present moment and purposely talking about a moment in the past? Do you have an answer? Because I don't have an answer for that. Besides, it's just kind of fun. But like, what is there a deeper? I don't know why. I just, I just know that it is that way. You know, like, yeah, um, it absolutely is. Well, I think because it relates us. Like, you, yeah. you see something portrayed on screen that you personally relate to, and odds are that ninety percent, if not more, of the people in that same room are like, "Oh, I've had that." How many times have you watched a movie or a TV show and been like, "Oh my God, that that thing happened to me." And then you feel like, oh, there's somebody out there that went through that similar experience. And because it's all just people sharing their experiences um, in some way or another. And some of it is like in fantasy. But at the end of the day, it's all still rooted in some kind of emotional tie. Um, and so I, I, I think movies, like I said before, I think there's that like reflection aspect that's really like um, really ties you to it and feels comforting. I know it is for me. Like you're like, oh, yeah. like, I can relate yeah. to that. It's, yeah, I think the best, like art reflects truth a lot of the time, right? Like in some way, shape or form, whether it's a truth about yourself or a truth about the world at large, like you learn something from a story that is true about the human experience, yada, yada, yada. And I think one of the reasons we really like stories is because it allows us to experience these things without any actual consequences, right? Like Ooh, that's good. I get to cry. I get to have fear. I get to have joy. I get to have all these things. And after the story is done, it's over, right? Like what happened lives with me, but it has no external effect on my life. And so that's I think that's a big part. I love right? that. Like, 
not only do we learn about ourselves and about the world at large, but we get to experience these things without any of the aftermath that would happen if these things actually happened to us. Man. That's so good. I, I love agree. That. It's, it's a form of human experience that we can all connect into and then collectively leave in the theater or in the, you know, whatever, or get up and walk mm-hmm. away. It's, that's dead on. Sir. That's an interesting, yeah. like I, I, I meet, or I talk to a lot of people too, who, who will say like, my wife will do this sometimes where she's like, I didn't like that movie. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I didn't like that the guy did that. And I'm like, that doesn't mean you didn't like it. I don't think. I just means you didn't uh, like the like you weren't you didn't like what the character did. That doesn't mean it's bad, you know. Like there sometimes that happens. Like I didn't. Why did he do that? It didn't make any sense, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's like it was sad. I didn't like that they didn't end up together, or I didn't like that whatever. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean yeah. it wasn't good. <laughs> that yeah. means that you- that's so that's so true. My my mom was be totally like the same way. She like La La Land, perfect example. She's like, well, they didn't end up together in the end. I just, like that's what I was waiting for. You know, that made it that made her not enjoy the movie as a whole. Yeah, huh. so I just think some people can't compartmentalize. Like I didn't. It made me sad but it was great. Right. Like I, I don't, I like being sad in movies. I think it's, you know, Oh, me too. I want to feel something. If I, if uh, the worst kind of movie that you watch is something that like, you're not eliciting any emotion at all. So yeah. What's the hardest you guys have ever like bald in a movie? Oh, that's a good question. (sighs) I kind of steal the dreams every time. What part? The end when it's like, dad, do you want to have a catch? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to pull it? Finding Neverland? You want to pull on some dad strings? Have you all oh, seen yeah. uh, the new cartoon release Onward with Chris yeah, Pratt? Yeah. Yo, uh, any I Pixar watched, movie, dude? Dude, yeah, well, I watched that with my kid. Yeah, like, three months after my dad died, and yeah. then their dad, like I'm bawling, and Raiden turns to me and goes, "Dad, are you all right?" And I was just like, "I just love you, motherfucker." Come yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sarah literally goes, "Don't call him, motherfucker." I was like, "Not right now." <laughs> this moment, this moment is happening. No, there's, yeah. there's no, we're not censoring this. This is real. Yeah, yeah no, I bawled there, and. uh what was the Jesus movie? The Mel Gibson Jesus the movie? Passion. Christ? Yeah. I, Vance and I both cried our balls out in that movie. Like, cause you know, that was a- yeah, Forrest, Forrest Gump will still make me ball my eyes out for sure. I think. Huh? Um, I've never seen it. So is it when? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> You're li- There's no way you have not seen that movie. There's yet. no way you haven't seen it. It was on TV Gump. like all the time in the 90s. Well, according oh, to you, yeah. you didn't see it and you have no recollection of seeing it. Is it <laughs> More likely, swear to God, never saw it. I mean, I know what it's about, obviously, but I, I don't. I got okay. No, no, no. What's it oh, about? Wait. No, no. Well, no. it's about, it's about a, a handicapped feller on a boat. Go ahead. That Go likes ahead. chocolate and running, and he meets the president, and everybody. No, you've has- seen it. You've seen. It. <laughs> you nailed it. I gathered all of that. Commercials and people. Yeah, talking par- parent stuff is like really hard. I actually did. This is. A, not the first thing that comes to mind, but stepmom was on TV. Yeah. I don't know if you was Susan Sarandon and um, Julia Roberts. And when she's like talking to her kids, like telling them that she's not going to make it. I mean, it's just like oh. total. Wa- actually, you know what? The scene that's really, and this is really good acting. The scene that actually makes me lose it is um, Susan Sarandon is like g- kind of giving her blessing finally to Julia Roberts. And she says, um, Julia Roberts is talking about like, Oh, like he, he, you're going to be there when my daughter is, um, you know, getting dressed in her wedding gown one day. And my biggest fear, what does she say? It's such a perfect line. She's like, my biggest fear is that she's going to wish her mother was there. And then Susan Sarandon goes, and my biggest fear is that she won't. Boom. And it's just like, oh, the waterworks. Oh, that's 
Wow. Dylan, to answer the single worst one now that I think about it is there's a Sam Rockwell movie who I almost chose for this, by the way. I adore Sam Rockwell. Is called Snow Angels. And like the last 20 minutes of that movie is like just so brutal that I just lost it. That is probably the single hardest I've ever cried in a movie. Yeah, having kids, like, I don't know what it does to you, like, your body chemistry, but it just makes you, like, a wet puddle of, like, feelings. Uh, yeah, and every Pixar movie is, like, weapons great emotional. I don't know what their problem <laughs> is, but, like, they just want you to, like, cry. Uh, I they sat yeah. down and they were like, we're going to make him cry and we're going to give every female character a gigantic ass. That's just like the, dump, two the dump truck. Yeah. Big old <laughs> dump truck, every single one. The impossibles. Is Why those? Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. So that's it. So you get one or the other and sometimes both. Yeah. Like watching Inside Out. Yeah. Was, like, was also like, are you kidding me with this? Yo, like, get out of here. It was just I haven't seen bad. it for fear of how hard I was. It's so it's bad. Punches, so it's you're taking lot. shots the whole time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few like, and this all, I, this all happened after like I had kids. Like before I was like, I'd be, I would get emotional movies, but I was like, I wouldn't have to like actively fight to like not ball. But like, I think maybe a month or two after Jack was born, we went to see like man of steel, which is like the first movie we saw in a theater, which is not like a tearjerker, but like they were like putting him in the spaceship and launching him to earth. And she's like, we'll never hear him. Like say our names. We'll never see him. And I was like, Oh God, I <laughs> couldn't handle it. And it was like it's the first not, 20 minutes of the movie. And you're all. like the third person to cry in a Zack Snyder movie. I seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is like a boy scout badge that only I have. Yeah. Um, and the other one is kind of similar, but it's like interstellar. Um, which I have only seen one time because I like, uh, like unraveled. I could not get it together. Uh, when he basically like goes to that planet an hour, I'm going to tell you Joe, cause you don't know anything. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, don't, <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> it's like a, no, no, it's like a hard sci-fi, very hard, like very high level yeah. sci-fi. Like Wait, real. Is, that the, is there like a bookshelf scene in that movie? Where yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have seen that movie. Yeah. When was it set? Uh, the f- near future yeah. where oh, like really. there is no food anymore and stuff like that. But, um, so Matthew kind of talking about is a long time after that. Yeah. yeah. So he goes down to, so they go, he goes to this planet and it's like, a, you know, a minute is like a, a, a year or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's like um, and, five or something. Yeah. And they get stuck and he's like, cool. So we're going to spend like two hours down here and it's going to be how long on earth. And they're like 20 years or something. So he's like, great. Oh yeah. So we get, they get back like the spaceship and the guy in the spaceship is like 20 years older and he's like gray and they're like, shit. And then he sees like all the messages that his family has sent him for him five hours, but it's now been like 20 years and his kids have grown up and they have kids. And it's, it was just like, also Matthew McConaughey is unreal in that moment in that movie. Oh, it's a good pick. And uh, yeah. it just like, I still love that movie, but I cannot watch it. Like I'm just like, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arrival was kind of similar for this. Yeah. Movie. No, Arrival was a good one. I don't know. I feel like I seek out movies that are going to make me cry for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I, yeah, I, love I don't mind it. I just like, it can be like I'm cathartic. Like, yeah. yeah, but I have to be like alone. I'm like nobody be here right now. You know? Nah, nah, not this guy in a theater. Don't care. I love <laughs> theater, yeah, I don't mind in a theater. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. So that's actually probably maybe the biggest reason to watch movies is it does it conjures up real emotions, like very real physical reacting emotions. Like I mean, there's been plenty of jump scares that I've like jumped, but tears is a different one, and that's that's so much more real. But yeah, so I mean, I guess it, it really is. It's just it's storytelling, but done better. But I mean, it, we've been telling stories forever. Like it goes back. I mean, the story of Beowulf goes back to like the fifth century. I mean, it's been told a million times. 
But coincidentally, uh, the best version of that story was created mm-hmm. in 2003 when uh, Dylan, Eric, and I created a version for our own English class. Uh, <laughs> they, no, it was real world hair rot. Yep. Was, uh, was delightful. Shout out Steve Allen if he's listening. But I would argue we like those types of stories with, with larger than life characters like Beowulf slays all the dragons and, you know, and, and any of the Avengers films, or the Star Wars. Like, it's why, in my opinion, those are the top grossing films. We as humans love characters that are more than human. I mean, it's why we love Thor and, and Captain Marvel, but it's also why we love characters like John Wick and Jason Bourne. Like they're st- they're you know, they're human, those two, but they're still a little bit better. I would also argue it's why we love religion so much. The story of Samson always grabbed my attention as a kid because he was more than just a man or at least stronger than one. But point is, we love a character that is better than a mere mortal. And religious characters give us hope for the future. So with that said, on purpose, Dylan, are you comfortable going down a little God talk to end this episode off? Yeah, you, bro, you can ask me anything you want to ask me, Heck but yeah. I might not answer it. No, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so just, I mean, I'm not trying to grill anybody. I'm just, you know, obviously, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind on anything. That's not, I'm not smart enough, nor do I even want to. Do you, Dylan Ellis, believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe in other deities? Um, no, I mean, well, I don't No, not as they, as it pertains to me. No. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, this is a weird way to put it, but like, I, you can't, I know you can't be sure about it. You know, I mean, I don't, anybody says they're, sh- they're like, it's a certainty. I think it's probably being a little disingenuous. Um, I think, you know, this is probably a really cynical way to put it, but I, I live my life as if God exists. And, um, and he's real and that, you know, all the things that come in with that. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I haven't done enough vetting of other like religions to know if like, maybe we're all just saying the same thing in different ways. That seems like, no, it seems like there's obviously there are a lot of things that don't line up, but you know, I think it would be, I'd be lying if I said like, I think I'm right, but also everybody else is right too. Um, you know, I took like a philosophy class in college, brag, no big deal. Um, (laughs) but he used to get... They used to get so fresh. I think Ashley, did you take that class too at UTSA? The the animal rights guy who's like a oh, crazy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think we, were, yeah, I tell. And he used to get so frustrated because classic millennials, we'd all be like, "Well, I just believe that this is like what I think, but I don't think anybody else is wrong for thing, you know." And he'd be like, "Oh my god, if you think you're right and you think the other person is thinks something different, you think they're wrong. That's yeah. okay, you know. Like, right. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean you hate their guts, but like you can tell somebody you're wrong, you know. So. I think of it that way. Like, I, yeah, I, I think what I think is right. And that's what I believe. And that's how I live my life. And by default, if someone is like, that's not re- real, I'm like, well, then I think you're wrong. Doesn't mean I hate you. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. I just, I think you, I don't agree <laughs> with what you think. Yeah, you know? that's totally that's fair. fair. I like that explanation of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think heaven exists? Yeah. If you had your way, what would you design heaven to be like? Uh, so this is like, yeah, I, I think this gets like wrong a lot. I think if you believe in a God that created the earth and intelligent design and, and it wants you to be happy and a God that created you to experience joy in the, the best possible way. And he under, he knows that he like he created you in a way that he knows what will give you the most joy and pleasure. And like this is a broken world and we're not here for this is not the best version of existence. Right. Um, so it's not like, oh, like cupcakes and like. Um, you know, you can eat whatever you want and like parties. It's just like, you will not like the pain and the suffering of this world and the things that are broken about it, the race racism and coveting and murder and sickness and disease and all the things that are wrong with this world 
we will not experience anymore because we will be in the presence of God all the time and those things won't be there. And conversely, I don't believe in a hell that's like torture or like uh, the super high unreachable cupcake table, you know, like, that, the, like my next question was, I know where you're going. I've <laughs> Um, I don't believe in that. I, I believe like the, in terms of torture, I just think it's it's eternally being separated from God and from perfection. So it's just like That's exactly the worst possible day that you have here. Oh, like it's just that. Like, is it torture? Like, it's, it's not, not maybe like, it's just work. like the absence of like your, your soul. Yeah, it's like just, it's like your soul is gone. It's, you know, it, it ceased to right. exist at, at that, at your natural life rather than having eternal life. It's just, you don't get to experience what that, you know, Nirvana yeah. heaven thing is. Is there any coming back? Like once you go to what, you know, it, when you die, you either go heaven or hell. And is that, is that it? Or is there a chance to meander between them? I don't, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not qualified to answer that question. <laughs> I don't even have like a strong belief on it, honestly. I mean, I think, you know, I think the Bible is pretty clear about it, but I think there's a lot of things too that we, again, misunderstand or we have interpreted a certain way that, that, um, you know, there's a lot, and there's a lot of things that are mystery about the Bible. I mean, I think God has purposely said these things are like, you will not understand these things. You can't understand this. You know, I think about the nature, like the nature of God at all. Like he's not, you know, like Dr. Manhattan is the best like representation. I think of like what God, how God experiences things. Like I am here. I'm also there. I'm also there. Like I have never, it's like, it's, it's, uh, August, 2020, um, it's also, you know, one BC, like he doesn't experience things the way we experience it. And that's just like a mystery. We can't understand that. We can't grasp it. Um, so I think there's a lot of things in the Bible that are explained sort of, but we can't really understand it yet, you know? So I don't know. I think that might be one of those things we just don't, we can't understand it because we're, we're finite and we're three dimensional and it's like a quantum thing. And they're like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, uh, Eric, actually, I kind of wanted to ask you the same question. If you, had a chance to design heaven or whatever, would it be even a physical realm or would it, would you, you know, is it, you know, gold chariots and, you know, diamond roads or is it more of just a, a feeling? That's a really good question. I have never thought about that. Um, probably because whatever I would design would be a failure on some way, shape or form. Right. Like, I don't know that I possess the ability to be like, <laughs> ah, let me design a heaven that's great for everybody. I should probably be president of the universe if I could do that. But I make, make yeah, heaven great again, Eric. I think I. <laughs> Maha. <laughs> Give me a hat. And a rally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no masks. No masks. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, in my heaven, we don't need masks. And on America's number one conservative podcast, we all know that. Masks are useless. Preach, brother. CDC doesn't know nothing. <laughs> and I'm really just delaying because I don't have an answer to this question. No, that's fair. I mean, it's, it's, but, it's like as, but the the idea, I like the idea of it's like I've said this before, like just the presence of God, I think, will be enough. I think that's the point of God in the Bible, right? Is that like if you can be in his presence, that is all you really actually need. And so whatever that ends up entailing will be heaven for everybody. However, that manifested, if that manifests itself universally and we all have the same experience or if it's an individual experience, I have no idea. But I think that is the key to the idea of heaven. Interesting. Ashley, same page-ish? I would say that my thoughts around it are kind of what Dylan said. There's no way that we as humans can get to that level of consciousness. I think 
heaven is kind of being granted maybe the keys to that consciousness that we don't now have like oh here's all the answers like we live in a world of a lot of uncertainty we have to make decisions that we try to do the best for ourselves as much as we can and maybe that all goes away and i just kind of envision it as this ethereal place where all those i just i think of like our souls and all the things that you develop over time that are meaningful and how much you love your, your spouse or your kids or your friends or your parents and whatever. And all, those kinds of feelings just transcending to another level that all is just, ha you know, pure happiness 24-7 in some, in some way. Those things that you shared here amplified in a way that we can't imagine now. But it's just very peaceful and and. You know, and I don't even know if I see it as like a physical realm at all. Like we leave, you know, we leave these physical shells that we're we're in for this time of whatever time we're given. And it's, you know, maybe it's something totally, you know, become vapor of the universe. And it's just a beautiful thing. I like it. <laughs> Heck yeah, y'all. Uh, so to end, what are some movies people uh, listening, should be listening, watching, you know, on their own free time? Everything we've said. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, all yes, of yes. those movies. Dude, uh, I've seen everything yeah. we talked about. Yeah, I found a 2017 article that said something like they they they'd done a study and they're like on average the you know the average American watches roughly 5,000 movies in their lifetime. But that was in 2017, and that was more or less before Netflix and, and HBO Go and all that you know ish. But certainly pre-COVID. Because right now, I'm willing to bet there's people that have watched 5,000 movies over the last six months. Like, I really believe that. So I, if there's any way to quantify just for you, how many different, how many unique movies do you think you've seen? Ooh. I don't know. How many movies do you guys, you guys think you watch in a week? That's actually a more interesting question to me. Well, this is a good time. I was going to plug this anyway, but you guys need to get Letterboxd uh, because it's basically an app to track everything that we're talking about. Um, it's oh, like cool. social social media, but just movies basically. So... You just like log things like you watched this, gave it three stars, two stars, five stars, whatever. You can write a review. You don't have to. Um, you can put you can make lists. You can do it's just you, it's cool. You can do whatever you want. So you could easily look right now and say like, oh, I've watched this many this week or whatever. Um, it's like a it's like a movie journal. It, yeah, exactly. And it's and and again, there's a social media element to it because you can like you can like have friends and then you see what they're watching. Like I have I have a buddy who like I just will randomly text him like two stars for like the old guard, huh? Question mark. <laughs> and he's like yeah, oh yeah like he's like oh yeah it was this and that and it's like it's super fun it's easy to just be like you know um but then it also helps you track stuff if you're like an uber nerd like me and you want to see like like i every movie at the end or every and every year at the end of the year i'm like man i watched like 95 new movies this year that's rad but i want to like watch 100 next year or whatever um so it's so plug for letterbox and it's uh l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d no no e at the end boxed and all i expect right. to see you all on it you know tomorrow all right uh, recommendations, Joe, on Hulu, uh, there's this really great French movie actually called Portrait of a Lady on Fire that I thought was excellent. It's like 15th century forbidden love story, and it's really great. Um, there's this insane movie called Sorry to Bother You that stars the Keith Stanfield. Do you know this one, Dill? Not very conservative. That's a very Marxist movie. Eric. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, anti-capitalist. Really what I'm doing is I'm just like, kidding. I don't they're going to watch it and they're not going <laughs> to like it. And they're going to be like, oh, I get it now. The, <laughs> That's yeah, why we're why we it. Yeah, exactly. So it's reverse inception. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's see. You know, if you got HBO Max, watch um, All the President's Men. 
Another another great movie on Hulu, uh, Dora the Explorer. Check it out, guys. Seen it, <laughs> seen it three four times uh, like this month. No big deal. Ashley, you got any uh, besides the things we've all been saying? You got any shout outs to any new movies? I mean, I've got a list of things people can contact me if they want. I, I've, I, I've, I've been I've been bad actually. I would say. Um, thinking about this today, I think the streaming, like I th- the TV show has kind of taken over um, a lot of movie watching, you know, I kind of, um, I prefer movies to TV shows just because there is at least an, end. yeah, I, I do too. I totally, do. I, I, per- like, I personally yeah. do, but I, I, you know, I was thinking that it's interesting. Um, I think people kind of like, I don't know, it's the whole binge watching thing, obviously. And uh, people make it, the, making the commitment for TV show. There's so much content out there now. So I'll default on this one. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, yeah, good stuff, y'all. I mean, Dylan, no, you didn't ask me. Come on. Uh, what? You got any movies to recommend, Dylan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, yeah. So in, in addition to Letterboxd, um, um, shout out to Just Watch. If you guys don't have Just Watch, it's also an incredible app that will tell you wherever any movie is available for streaming or whatever. Oh, that's, no, that's convenient. Great. So if you're that's, like, oh, yeah. so if you're like, I, I want to watch Die Hard, but I don't want to pay for it, you can just put in Die Hard, and it'll show you all the services, and you can filter by the ones you have or whatever. So I use that a lot. Um, but yeah, I have a handful of things that are maybe a little bit sleepers or just kind of off the beaten path. Uh, the Disaster Artist is on Netflix. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. James Franco movie that he also directed about Tommy Wiseau in the worst movie ever made called The Room. Um, really funny, um, kind of Ed Wood type movie. Um, Brigsby Bear was like one of my favorite movies that came out. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, and it's just like, nobody heard of it. It didn't make any money. Nobody ever saw it. I Kyle thought it would have so good. Yeah. I thought it would have this great like streaming Renaissance, but like for whatever reason, it's not streaming anywhere. So you have to render buy it, but I Venmo, I will Venmo you if you hate it, <laughs> buy it and get at me. Um, uh, it's really great. Sweet little movie. Uh, peanut butter Falcon is on prime. And Hulu oh, now. I love mm-hmm. peanut butter. Falcon. It's also Shia great. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, Palm Springs is on Hulu. It's incredible. Andy Samberg, Kristen Melody, um, uh, the way back, my boy, Ben Affleck, um, alcoholic basketball movie. It's I didn't 100%, see that one. hundred percent. My shit. It's so very good. Uh, cool. it's like, it's like if the coach of Hyde Park basketball was an alcoholic, basically <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's on HBO Max. Uh, Doctor's Sleep Director's Cut is Was on that HBO good, Max. The director's Cut one because I did it's not incredible. Watch the yeah. theatrical version of it. I, I mean, I like the theatrical a lot, but the Director's Cut it's not any that that different. Like, there's not big scenes or big endings. There's not a different ending. It's just every scene breathes a little bit more. There's just it has more life. Like okay. they they add heads or tails on the end of scenes, and I thought it plays much better. It's a lot. It's like almost a three hour movie, but you know what? What else do you have to do? Um, but yeah, I like Dr. Sleep a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, Mike Flanagan is, he did the uh, haunting of Hill house and he's yeah, like, or yeah, he's, that. he's pretty, uh, next level. And then uh, honey boy is on Amazon prime and it's also really, really good. It's a uh, kind of Shia LaBeouf's it's sort of autobiographical. He wrote it and this, uh, another really talented lady, um, directed it, but, uh, it's kind of about his, his weird hippie dad who was his, you know, guardian as he was on even Stevens and, was apparently a terrible person <laughs> and uh he had a really hard time and it's it kind of starts as him like mid-20s making the transformers movies and bounces back and forth between that and when he was a kid um and just kind of the wild upbringing that he had um but yeah those are kind of my sleeper uh picks for things that maybe those are good ones i've heard of yeah if you haven't seen shia labeouf's hot ones i would recommend it he's he's so incredible oh really yeah and good on that yeah That's i'm a, a big fan too. of him he's so yeah. weird and like I but said- also in like genuine yeah joe what's hot ones yeah what 
Hot Ones is a YouTube show where they interview celebrities while they eat very hot chicken wings. Yeah, it's a good show. If we're doing a complete sleeper one, I'll do a complete and total shameless promotion. I was the one film that I actually like went anywhere. It was called Bad Turn Worse. It was in 2013. A friend of mine produced it, and I actually am acting um, opposite of uh, Gallagher from Shameless, Aunt Lip, and uh, Mackenzie Davis, who has since blown up from The Terminator. Oh, she's and great, it was yeah. a it was a small it was I like it was a small scene, but it uh, it went on to the Toronto International Film Festival, and it's a pretty good little movie. So Say bad turn worse. Bad, bad turn worse. I've like. seen it. It is good. <laughs> You've it. seen it? I did. I saw it on TV randomly. I was like, oh, look at did that. Did you realize that it was me? I <laughs> did. I did, actually, because it's not every day you see somebody you know on TV. Kind of an R-rated scene, so. Hey, now. Boy. No, it's. It, we so you remember when we talked it, about prostitution for like two hours it. yesterday? So the, I think hey, it was okay. We do not endorse R-rated. We are America's number one. Dialogue only. Dialogue only. Check yeah. it out. But anyway. Also, check out Walt's Death. I uh, said it at the beginning, but if you liked anything that guy said, he has more things that he says, and they're funny. So check it out. It's about the NBA, though, so you don't get – Yeah, you, know, you probably If you, if you yeah. don't care about the NBA, don't. If you do, yeah. <laughs> Dylan, how often do you end with God Talk on your NBA pod? Never. Almost never. <laughs> huh. Weird. Weird. Start introducing yeah. that. I also Weird. don't bring people on to talk about one thing and then at the end, I'll what do you think about God? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody I have on the show, that's how we end every episode. <laughs> Because we're America's number one conservative podcast. Right. You might as well just we, ask people if they're circumcised, Joe, or you know, <laughs> invade their privacy even more. Don't quit giving them ideas. No, that's, that's going to be a new question. I mean, why, why not? Right off the top, just open, open up the gates that way. No, I love it. Uh, y'all, thank you for coming on. Anybody listening, thanks for making it an hour and 20 minutes into this. Remember, make heaven great again. Thanks. Maha. <laughs>